This is the Illinois. This is my time. This is our time. Grab that bull by the horns and own it, man. Today's your day. Let's go to work. Welcome to the Illinois podcast. The Illinois. Cutting through the noise of Illinois politics. Here's your host, Patrick Fingston. Hi again, everyone. Patrick Fingston here. I write the Illinois political newsletter and website at theillinois.com. Thanks so much for joining us on this week's The Illinois podcast. And it's another uh, election gone by and a crazy one throughout the state as we had our municipal elections this week. Uh, new mayors elected in Chicago and Naperville and Joliet and Springfield as well, uh, and and really kind of a sea change in in some of these some of these elections. You had uh, Brandon Johnson, the the very progressive Cook County commissioner, uh, victorious in in Chicago, running a more progressive candidate campaign than we've ever seen before. Uh, but in places like Naperville and and Joliet in the suburbs, you had maybe more center-right candidates uh, that, that won a little bit. And then same thing in Springfield, where a more uh, Republican-leaning candidate uh, defeated an incumbent, uh, essentially Democrat, in, in Jim Langfelder. For those of you watching, we'll put the, the election numbers up on, on the screen. In the city of Chicago, Brandon Johnson defeats Paul Vallis, 51.7%, 48.3%. It's about 302,600 votes to... 282,400 votes. In Naperville, Scott Werley defeated Benny White, a Naperville city councilman, 16,000 to about 14,000, 16,100 to 13,900, so generally about 2,200 votes. In Joliet, Terry Darcy beat incumbent Bob Odekirk by 8,600 to about 4,100, so that's a difference in about 62% to about 29%. And in Springfield, city treasurer Misty Busher defeated incumbent Jim Langfelder with about 13,500 to about 12,800 uh, in a 51-49 sort of race uh, in our capital city. We'll have some more perspective on those uh, suburban and downstate races in just a few moments, but wanted to focus on the Chicago mayoral race for a few moments. Uh, Brandon Johnson, the mayor-elect, the progressive uh, Cook County commissioner, held a joint news conference with Governor Pritzker Friday, kind of making some of his first comments since his uh, big electoral victory on Tuesday night. And you could see that that Johnson made it sound, at least, uh, that that he and Governor Pritzker were, were mostly on the same page. The level of compassion as well as um, collaboration and the ability to demonstrate competence. Um, these are all dynamics that we share. Um, the city of Chicago, of course, is an amazing place uh, to raise a family and bringing people together. Um, those who, um, who want to see our city divided, um, today is a very clear day and an indication um, that, that that is the, those are the politics of old. And so I'm grateful that the governor has has uh, certainly um, re-emphasized um, his commitment to make sure that the city of Chicago uh, maintains its status as a world-class city uh, by investing in, in the neighborhoods that, quite frankly, um, you know, have been, it's been short 
uh, for too long. And so I'm very much impressed uh, by, uh, by the governor's compassion and love. And uh, it's great to have um, a real partner uh, to, to not only rebuild our city, but to make sure um, that individuals who wish to be small business owners and uh, larger corporations can actually have a city um, that works and an, an entire body of government at every single level that's willing to work together. Johnson also indicated he's going to ask the legislature to move quickly on some of his priorities. Uh, that includes an increase on the sales tax and jet fuel, uh, especially for, for planes coming in and out of O'Hare. The budget plan that, that I have proposed um, you know, deals with the structural challenges that the city of Chicago has been facing. And you know the reliance upon property taxes have left a lot of families in economic turmoil and despair. But we also recognize that the governor, governor and I are committed to making investments in communities um, that need it. Um, we did not have a full conversation uh, about the entire budget plan. I'm definitely committed to working with the General Assembly as well as the governor uh, to ensure that those critical investments take place. Does that need to be done this spring? You know, there's certainly a, 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 an urgency that, that the city of Chicago has, you know, and we recognize that there is a, a process in order to get things done. Look, the bottom line is this. The governor and I are committed to not just uniting the city of Chicago, but the state of Illinois. We both are committed to making sure that working people can live and thrive and grow in the city of Chicago. And that's a great day for, for our state and certainly a great day for our city. But it wasn't all kumbaya, though, as Governor Pritzker kind of threw water on at least one of Johnson's proposal proposed tax hikes uh, regarding uh, financial transactions. The one example that I'll give is that, you know, obviously what we all want is a thriving financial services economy in the state and the city. Um, and it's been that way. And um, and I, I have not stood for a transaction tax. Uh, because I think it would be easy for those companies and servers to move out of the state. Um, but, uh, you know, I do know that they're, you know, the challenge of finding, uh, you know, balance between expenditures and revenue is, you know, not lost on me. I came into a difficult situation and I think I know the mayor elect uh, similarly wants very much to serve the people of Chicago properly and balance the budget at the same time. So it's going to be a tough job for Johnson to, one, balance the budget, two, get done everything he wants to get done, and three, deal with the legislature that isn't always easy to deal with. We turn now to one of those successful mayors-elect in the suburbs. This is Terry Darcy. He's the mayor-elect in the city of Joliet, Illinois' third largest city uh, and the largest city outside of Chicago that elected a mayor this week. Uh, Terry defeated uh, incumbent Bob Odekirk handily. Uh, and, and Terry, I wanted to bring you in. You know, there's been a lot of talk over over the week since since Election Day, essentially, that, you know, Chicago took such a far leftward turn. And, and Juliet kind of took a more moderate turn to a, a more business-focused candidate, economic development-focused fo candidate. What was your lane? How did you succeed there? Well, my main thing was just making sure that it's all about the people that I'm going to represent. There's 150,000 great people in our community, 43,000 under 19 years of age. So that's my biggest concern is being the right person for all the people. And it's a nonpartisan uh, collection. So that, that was the main thing. Tell me about 
the the current situation in Joliet. I mean, obviously it's a, a an old school blue collar town. You know, I started school uh, in in Joliet at JJC hundred years ago, uh, and, you know. So I, 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 you know, I've been there, but things have changed over over twenty years. How what what is the situation? How has the pandemic changed things? How is how's the rise in crime changed things? What's the situation on the ground today? Well, our city still has uh, a, a lot of growth to do. You know, we are the county where everything's growing out. Uh, Cook County's kind of grown all the way out, so we've got a lot of open canvas, as I refer to it. Joliet hasn't had a, a long-term comprehensive plan in a long time. We've got a lot of old zoning, but we've also created this uh, warehousing and logistics uh, out here that's that's the largest intermodal in the country. So we've got to take a look at some of the current zoning that's very, very old to make sure that we can start to uh, create housing and things for people in the uh, entry-level arena, things like that. So you know people can move here, work here, and live here. We just don't have enough of that. So we're, we're looking at a long-term plan to start putting it all together so that um, quality of life goes along with the jobs that are available and, and what you know type of housing can they afford, things like that. You know, and you mentioned the the new warehouses and the, the intermodal uh, facilities and anyone who's been driving up I-55 from, from Springfield over the last uh, few months has seen all of that that development. I think that goes hand in hand with infrastructure, doesn't it? How do you how do you afford those sort of things up front? How how do you not uh, how do you build the 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 roads and the the sewers and and what you need to to grow these facilities, these new manufacturing, these new warehouse, these these uh, these new businesses that you you want and need? How do you how do you build all that stuff up front? Well, there's a couple big partners that uh, operate these. Center Point is one. Now North Point's another one that have uh, thousands of acres, and they're developing internally for the warehousing and logistics that they're doing. Uh, you know, Joliet's poised. We've got strong capabilities of electricity, water, rail, roads. I mean, we've got everything everybody needs, and a lot of it is up to them to maintain and create their own uh, infrastructure. We've got it all ready to go. They just got to do it on their own properties. What's the crime situation uh, there? I mean, obviously, the your your uh, opponent in in the the election this week was 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 kind of criticized for his his handling on crime, his takes on on crime, and maybe not reducing those things. Uh, obviously, we're not talking about the the sort of levels and fears that that some folks in in Chicago are, are raising, but uh, but there is a crime to concern here. So, how do you combat that? Well, there always is. We're running shorthanded on our police department. We, we just can't seem to infill to get us back up to the top rim of where we need all of our policemen. We're always short 20 policemen. There's a lot of uh, turnover there in the sense that there's a lot of guys by attrition leaving. And as we all know, it's difficult to get police officers right now. So our big goal is to try and get us back filled up with the uh, 280 or 290 officers we need. We also need to get their equipment updated. I know that everyone's wearing a camera now, which I, I really agree is great. Uh, but a lot of our cars are real old. We just need to make sure that we get them the tools they need to be as updated as they can be. And we need to make sure they get all the training they need. I guess the question, though, is how do you afford that? Well, it's got it, with our budget's there for it. Uh, the hard part is trying to get young recruits into the police department. And um, 
I think that's one of the things I'm going to focus on. My son is a police officer. He's a sergeant here in Joliet. So he's been wanting to be a policeman since he was three years old, and he loves what he does. He's been on the force 16 years. And we just need to get more young people that are passionate about being police officers. They've got a really good cadet program that we're, we're bringing kids up through. So we're, we're going to work on that. We're going to focus on that pretty hard. What's what? How how difficult is the political environment to get things done there? Because uh, you know, Juliet's not you know not a Republican town by any means. Uh, you know, it's a a, a longtime Union town, blue collar town. Uh, though you guys just elected a, a very liberal state senator uh, last year over a, a moderate uh, firefighter, mm-hmm. um, what what's the political environment in in Joliet right now, and how do you navigate? Because now you have to be the mayor for everybody. So how do you navigate all of those different uh, factions? Well, ironically, I started my career as an iron worker. So I bolted steel and tied rods, and I have about five years of experience as an iron worker. And then I ended up getting into the automobile business, which is how my career has been going for the last 36 or seven years. And I've been in business here in Joliet in 30, for 30, 31 years. So I've got a good relationship with labor. I've got a good relationship with business. I've got a good relationship with our county leadership, our state leaders in our area. And I know I can connect well with our federal leaders. So I'm, I'm confident that we can start to bring everybody together. And we just got to bring some good plans to those folks and try and help get some, some uh, resources from them. We've had some instability in our, our, you know, we're a city manager run city, but we've been through five city managers in five years. So we really need to focus on that CEO or that city manager that we need. And, and that's really going to be the uh, focus of uh, our first part of the leadership team. So, so there's been a lot of talk uh, in, in political circles over the last few days about the, the secret sauce in some of these races. In a place like Joliet, a place like Naperville, where, where obviously you can send mail, you can do some radio, uh, but, but it's not like you were able to, to do a giant multi-million dollar TV ad campaign like, like they were doing in the city. How, how did you connect with, with voters? How did you get people out um, so that, so that you were able, I mean, and of course we're talking 15, six, 15, 16,000 votes in your race. So it's not like it was a, a particularly gigantic turnout. So you, how, how did you identify and get those voters out? Well, with the information available now, we knew who has, who have voted in the last one, two or three municipal elections. And we targeted a lot of door to door with them. I spent a lot of hours walking. I, I bought two pairs of the same shoes cause I liked them so much. I, I, didn't wear the one out, but almost did. But it was really a lot of hand-to-hand. We had a lot of volunteers. I have a lot of friends that worked with us. And we really did a lot of door knocking. And we, we did do some mailers. We did some cable. But a lot of it was volunteer and uh, just getting the word out, going to neighborhood meetings. Uh, we had three or four different forums. We had our own town hall. So we tried to get in front of groups. And, and I also went individual hand-to-hand. What, what do you what do you hope to accomplish? I mean, obviously, you know, there are plenty of challenges, plenty of, plenty of issues. If, if you get through the next four years and say, this is the best, what the best we could do, what is that? To have a good long-term comprehensive plan 
that will be in place for the 43,000 young people in our community that are under 19 years of age and make sure that, that, you know, the old saying, best time to plant a tree was 20 years ago. Second best time is today. So we got to make sure that we draw the right architecture, understand what we're going to do with our zoning and know, uh, know what we want to do with a long-term plan. And I, I've been in business a long time. I've built dealerships. I've grown from 26 employees to 260. And I understand how to do long-term plans. And they got to have some flexibility. But, you know, I, I look at a one, two, five, 10, 20-year plan. And we really need to set that up. So we're strategically run, not tactically run. You know, that's twice you've mentioned the the number of, of young people that, that are currently in the community. And and again, not to parallel everything to the city of Chicago, but you, a lot of people point to that young voter mm-hmm. uh, as the reason Brandon Johnson was was successful Tuesday. How do you, uh, you know, to be fair, a, a, a 50 plus white guy uh, connect to uh, a young, diverse uh, group of people growing up? Well, my, in my walk of life, I meet a lot of people. And in my business, which I've been in 30 years here, I've got grandfathers bringing in their grandkids to buy their first car from me. So I'm, I'm really able to connect. And I'm, I'm, in my, I'm in my businesses a lot. I'm in the service departments or I'm in the sales departments. So I can really be flexible on who I'm working with. We, did, we had one forum uh, and we spent about an hour and 10 minutes with a group of kids that were juniors and seniors in high school and junior college. And, and it was really informative for both of us. And we talked about the need for them to get involved, for them to understand what city government's all about. It's one of the most important forms of government that they're going to be part of. And I really would like to see them get more and more involved in city government. And I'd like to bring them into city hall, give them a chance to sit up on the dais and understand what it feels like to look out from that perspective. And I'm that's one of the things I really want to do. Terry, we say this to everyone who wins an election, Republican, Democrat, nonpartisan. We wish you uh, the best of luck, the best of success, and and hope for the best for you and for the city of Joliet. Congratulations. Thank you. Thank you very much. Thanks so much to Terry Darcy for joining us. Appreciate his, uh, his, his comments and wish him luck as the mayor of Joliet. And thank you for joining us here on the Illinois Podcast. Uh, We're going to take a little post-Easter break uh, next week, but we'll be back the week after kicking and doing our best to uh, keep a light, keep keep things shining, and, and keep you in the loop what's going on in Springfield and around our state. Thanks so much, everyone. Have a good day.